Ready, Shaja? Okay. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wal-aqibatul muttaqeen. Wal-a'udwana illa ala al-zalimeen. Wa salamatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So my apologies for the uh, delay uh, on that. That was because the internet is down in Chido for whatever reason. And so we're streaming uh, via a, uh, you know, we've just gone basically around the houses. I don't know what we've done. But alhamdulillah, at least there should be, uh, there will be a, this, this video now for the time being is the one that's on the portal, which is just like a temporary thing. But in the next uh, hour or two, we'll upload the hard drive copy uh, as well, inshallah, inshallah. So I hope uh, you folks are okay. Um, the, we're back now for a couple of weeks, alhamdulillah in Chido. And then I will be doing the next lesson from Al-Huda. It will still be live though, okay? It will actually be live because I will be inshallah doing it in Al-Huda in uh, Mississauga in Toronto. Um, so that's two weeks now then uh, the, th the third lesson so not this not next week but the week after um, so uh, but that will be live so the next the only number of lessons will be live Alhamdulillah we just returned from uh, Medina and Mecca and then eventually we ended up in Al-Aqsa by his mercy and his grace uh, miraculous to be honest miraculous I have no, no idea yani, why, how, who, what, but you know, alhamdulillah. And now that door has been opened, it's very difficult for them to close it now. Because once that once precedent is, is set, then it's very difficult for them to now, you know, to come back effectively. So alhamdulillah, and hopefully, um, uh, the truth is, is that the most difficult question, there were so many questions that the guys asked, the guy asked, um, I was the only one who was questioned properly. Everyone was held. Um, but uh, they questioned me the most and about absolutely everything. Every single country, every single immigration status, every single thing that you can imagine. And they knew everything. They knew more than I knew, anyway, put it that way. <laughs> they kept asking me questions, I kept getting it wrong. It was like a game show, you know what I'm saying? Choose the right answer. I kept guessing, yeah, any whatever. You can't find friends, No, <laughs> honestly, I couldn't find any friends. That was the problem. I said to the guy, you got to help me out. Literally, in some of the questions asking, I was saying to him, you've got to help me out here. You've got to narrow it down which part of the world you're talking about. So anyway, to be honest, he was actually very helpful, in fairness to him. And um, um, he just reminded me, I need to speak to Sheikh Salim. He wasn't happy with Chido Masjid. Yeah. He know that this masjid is where it's at, that's why. He's always unhappy with the people and the places where it's at. So, um, alhamdulillah, but it's very important. Uh, my, uh, the reason I wanted to say a few words about that is that it is very, very important that none of us, um, so there's two things that keep people from going. One is laziness, stroke, fear, stroke, don't know what's gonna happen, stroke, don't have the money, stroke. Yani, lame dunya reasons, okay? And that can no longer be possible. Everyone's just got to step up and recognize that the same kind of uh, desire that you have to go to Umrah 
and to go to Mecca and Medina, that should be the case with you to go to Aqsa, without a shadow of a doubt. And the only thing that kept me delayed is that I, uh, I was absolutely positive I'd never get in. That's the reason why I never went, because I've never ever stopped criticizing Israel, and very harshly as well, and very pro-BDS, and, 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 and. So, like I said, I just never felt that it could go in. I could, I could, I could go. That's my reason. I'm happy with myself here and in front of Allah. That's the reason I didn't go. But if you don't have that profile and you don't have those issues and you can't afford it, um, then you have to go. It is one of those places that the Prophet ﷺ has said should be visited and made it clear that a person should go and expend every effort to go there as well. And it is... Uh, I mean all of the special things that it is and you guys know that I've already spoken a bit about that I don't want to patronize anybody but it is our special place um, but the political imperative is even more important the political imperative is even more important because the second main reason that people don't go or didn't go is because they see this as a support of the Israeli state especially when you fly in via Tel Aviv so there's a number of people who won't go they say it's haram to do that um, that you have to be in a state of jihad or you have to be in a you cut your helping the aggressor or you're funding the the overall kind of uh, tourist authority which there's no doubt that some money somewhere along the line is going to go to them just buying a ticket of course means you're paying taxes to the airport okay um, but this argument from an Islamic point of view does not stand up and if that's the case then you are it's haram for you to pay taxes in this country and it's haram for you to go outside and purchase food and purchase X and purchase Y because at some point somewhere there is money that's going and it's being misspent in illegal ways or haram ways or whatever so this is a nonsensical argument um, the idea that you are not helping your Palestinian brothers and sisters in this way is also nonsensical they for the longest time always have been dependent upon people who can come through and who are making others aware and in increasing the trade and business and, 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 and there are so many reasons it is just so important for us now, Islamically, for your own personal uh, self, and then uh, from a political point of view to support those folks by going and visiting and uh, making sure that they, they realize that there is an ummah out there because, you know, it's one of the things that can be done. There are certain other places you're not able to go. They actually are. The Israeli uh, uh, tourist industry is actually quite desperate. That's the way I'm looking at it. And the, way, the reason they let me in is out of desperation as opposed to as opposed to anything else and I've got a certificate to, <laughs> to, to, to prove it as well the law is going to bring mine I completely forgot it's from the state the state of Israel or something like that Lala yes, uh, <laughs> was going to when he got his when he goes this is something I can use for toilet paper just in case I said that's Yanni that's a waste of the certificate I'm going to come next time I'm going to show it to him I said look you see if you invited me so I'm coming back Yanni you know they, sent to, they put an ayah of the Qur'an in there and they put some ayah from the Bible and something and we're so happy to have you and please come back again. I'm going to say, there you go. I mean, you get some matlab out of that isn't it? You know? So, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um, so that's uh, Al-Aqsa. And inshallah, inshallah, we're just looking and we're speaking to Dar salam and seeing if they can uh, put something together. Uh, maybe 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 in september or october that time we will try to put a group trip together inshallah from the uk um from the uk 
UK. UK only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit mission. Aqsa, I think, is a mission when you open it up to other people, uh, unlike the Umrah. But um, uh, yeah, no, no, it's not going to be a retreat. But um, anyway, anyway. Um, so just to move on to the dars. Also, I want to say that um, the this is the first time that obviously I'm back here. I've been speaking to a few people, a few of my own contemporaries, a few people that I bounce ideas back off on. And it's clear that the session that we did on explaining the the origins of the or the, res, or the consequences of the Qiraat and the Riwayat of the Quran um, um, that we spoke about. Uh, the truth is, is that it has confused people that I actually thought would not be so confused and would be able to see very clearly what I'm saying. Um, despite many disclaimers through the text, me saying something and then making it clear that's not the class position is just a possibility and it shouldn't b b matter anyway. But like I said, uh, unfortunately, uh, it's a very loaded topic. There are people who claim to make it, yani, claim it to be very simple, but by their own admission, Yani, by their own statements that they don't realize, recognize, they are affirming that it is difficult and complicated. Regardless, I think I made a mistake. That mistake was not a single one in my opinion. I'm very comfortable, alhamdulillah, with my opinion. And I, and I'm, I also made it very clear what the opinion of this class should be. I said that every single riwaya and qira'a, which is established by authentic sanad, is to be used, is considered the Qur'an, that's the position of the Hanabila and the Shafi'iyah. It doesn't matter whether it forms the seven or the ten Qiraat or fourteen or even Mas'ud, which is outside all of these. And that's the position, position of the Madhab. And I said that's the class position and that's Sheikh Uthameen's position. And that is my official position. But I thought that we had yani, students that were able to debate and understand and it's clear that we don't. And that's not their fault, that's my fault. So I was going to take the lesson down uh, but then I spoke to Sheikh Ihlan and uh, he actually didn't want it to be taken down and he just wanted two phrases to be uh, to be clarified and I can't be bothered to clarify them because it was very very clear that when I said the word Ishtihad uh, of the Qurra when I say that there is an authentic Sanad to every Qira'a then it's not possible for Ishtihad to mean the same thing that Ishtihad does in Fiqh in which a person yani, is making his own best opinion, best thingy, without no clear evidence. But yani, you're dealing with people who are just not thinking straight. I mean, it's so obvious. But that's my mistake. People are not thinking straight. They're so emotionally... Yani, I was reading on the comments. Uh, and actually, in fairness to them, it was good that they put a lot of effort. Different people. There was an Omar, there was an Iram, there was a X, there was another message. There was a, lots of people they mentioned. It was interesting that they preferred one word to be used as opposed to another. So they said you should use the word ikhtiyar, which is choice, as opposed to ishtihad, which is also choice, yani based upon evidences. Or what, what you make, you know, you look at the evidences and you think it could be this, could be that, but I'm going to go with this one. But yeah, yani it's, a, it's a semantic point. The truth is, is that the word ishtihad has a lot of baggage attached to it. It makes it feel like there, there's a complete decision-making process that is not based upon fact. That's not, yani my problem i know exactly what i mean and i said and the, the reason for that is because i said it has to be authentically narrated to the prophet once it's done then it doesn't matter 
but that caveat seems to be like many of the caveats yani, were completely ignored but again that's my fault for assuming too much so and likewise errors when I said about scribal errors it was, I was so clear on saying that I said that if there was people who are copying and they made errors that could be a possibility but it doesn't affect anything because the final qira'ah which was even if we were to accept that there was an error okay if there if there was and i said to you that it's a weak opinion and it's in, in fact it's a controversial opinion i said this again and again i said that it's not to be understood that there were any errors even if there were it's an, uh, in the writing i mean or in the copying it's an oral tradition so it's protected anyway but i said that about three times that it is via senate but like i said people they've got things and issues but so again that's not their fault it's my fault for thinking that uh, we could be able to deal with that so the video um, uh, by the end of this lesson it was uh, edited and uh, like I said I thought it's just easy to get rid of the whole lot, lot of it but no I, uh, the, the rest of the content Sheikh said that it should be taught and uh, just those two because people just can't as I said they can't read a word without the emotional baggage that's associated with the word it's true the word error as soon as you mention it it just dominates the entire you know the, the the thing even though it was clear what the the sentence meant but regardless there's no there's no shame in saying you know what i was wrong i'm going to take that down and make it clear again if it wasn't clear enough what the class position was which as you can see when you review it is super clear as the sun that every qira'a which is at the end it's at the beginning it's in the middle that every qira'a that has an authentic senator to the prophet وسلم, is a qira'a that's the position of the two madahib all right Okay, folks, so that's that. So, today, what we're going to do is, we have text or not? Lala? No. So, the Mu'allif says, um, ثم يركع مكبرا رافعا يديه ويضعهما على ركبتيه مفرجة الأصابع مستويا ظهره ويقول سبحان ربي العظيم ثم يرفع رأسه ويديه قائلا إمام ومنفرد سمع الله لمن حمده وبعد قيامهما ربنا ولك الحمد ملء السماء وملء الأرض وملء ما شئت من شيء بعد ومأموم في رفعه ربنا ولك الحمد فقط Come down. So, uh, yeah, then he bows whilst uttering the takbir and raising his hands. And then he places them on his knees with his fingers spaced out and his back level. He says, Subhana Rabbi Al Azim, transcendent above all is my Lord the Almighty. That I covered last week. Okay, that's straightforward and simple. And then today's lesson, then he stands up straight whilst raising his hands with the Imam and the one praying alone saying Allah hears whoever praises him and that's a translation that we're going to change tonight and then when standing up straight they say Our Lord to you is all praise that which fills the heaven, which fills the earth, and which fills everything that you wish beyond that. The follower, however, after rising, only says, 
Rabbana walakal hamd. Only says Rabbana walakal hamd. So, anyway, this translation is going to change a little bit and work, uh, and, and you know, it will be cleaned up. But there are a number of issues that we need to clear up yani, in, in today's uh, uh, session. So, the first is then he lifts his head. Okay, so we're in the standing, we're in the report position. We made it very, very clear, yani, in last week's lesson and the week before, I believe, as well about what the nature of the ruqur is. It has to be straight. The back, yani, this is straight as well. But this is straight and it's level with the ground. Yep, so it's parallel to the ground. And we said that that is, of course, the correct way to do it. However, anything that you catch, yani, uh, of ruqur, any kind of movement towards ruqur, and the people see it as a ruqur, that is what is considered to be the legal minimum of a ruqur. Okay, we did say that. That is the Hanbali school. And you can check the notes yani, for more of that. I don't want to keep repeating this, uh, the, the, the lesson. So then he lifts his head. And as he lifts his head and his back, okay, he lifts his hands. Why does he lift his hands? And where to? To the level of the shoulders, just like yani, in Takbiratul Ihram. And he does it in the same way as he said Allahu Akbar when going to the ruku'ah, meaning it's a constant flow process that starts and finishes by the time it ends. And this raising of the hands is narrated in the hadith of Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma in the, in the Bukhari Muslim, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi sallam, that the Prophet sallallahu would raise his hands when he would make takbir and go for ruku'ah, and when he would raise or rise, sorry, from the ruku'ah. That hadith is in Bukhari and Muslim. And two of them, two people, will, whilst they're doing this, say, Samiyallahu liman hamida. So not Samiyallahu liman hamida, and not Samiyallahu liman hamida, but Samiyallahu liman hamida. So the dhikr always is in the movement phase okay and the raising of the hands is also in the movement phase now there are some scholars that said if you don't do that meaning you say it when you're there or you say it when you're there then the, it is invalid and therefore you've missed out on obligation and as that's what they said also for the other one for going into Rukur as well and as Sheikh Uthameen said you know what there's no evidence that you need to go so harsh and it will be really difficult to write off all of the people's prayers because there's no doubt that around the world everyone is doing, you know, getting timing wrong a little bit here and there. And we can't really pass some big kind of, you know, statement like that, that all of them was, is game over. No, we can't do that. So, yani, a person should aim to do it properly according to the sunnah. However, there is a little bit of laxity if a person messes it up. Obviously, an imam, he's got much less excuse to mess this up because he has all the other people behind him that he's about to ruin the prayer for. Yani, he makes it at the wrong time then everyone else is going to... If he says it, for example, too early, then we're assuming... We can't see the guy. We're assuming that he stand, stood up. So we stand up. And we eventually end up standing up before he's even got up, making us all sinful if we knew what we were doing. Actually, he will take all the sin because he should not have made us stand up. So he should be doing it whilst he's moving. And as long as he's moving and he says, then he's not to blame what we do. Because we are also, when we start to hear it, we should also then move and say it as well. But if we, for example, as soon as he says it, we stand up like that, that's our fault. Yes, you understand that, I need that dynamic. So the imam has to be responsible for that. So the important thing that he says here is that it is the imam and the munfarid. Who's the munfarid? 
person who is praying alone. Okay? So the Imam who's leading Jama'ah and the person who's praying alone, they're going to be saying, Samiyallahu al-Muhammadah. Which automatically is basically saying that the one who is praying behind a Jama'ah and the Imam says, Samiyallahu al-Muhammadah, then they're not saying, Samiyallahu al-Muhammadah. And that's the humbly position. We're going to come to that yani, in more detail later. Okay? So, the next thing is to just look at this word, Samia. You look at the translation as well. Allah hears whoever praises him. Samia, Allahu, liman, hamida. Samia, Allah heard, Allahu, heard, liman, yani, to the one, hamidahu, who praised him. It's interesting that, because here, because of the li, okay, because of the word to, here's to, it can't be the word, it can't mean uh, here. Yani the, the actual translation of the word here can't be here, even though I translated it, okay? But it can't be. Um, because of this, what we call ta'addi, yani this, this, this necess necessity for something else to be coming further in the Arabic, yani in Arabic grammar for the sentence. So you can't be hearing to, it's got to change the meaning. The meaning has to change. And also, what would the meaning be if it hears the one who praises him? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also hears the one who doesn't praise him as well. Okay? So it's not here. In this position, Samya Allah al-Wanhamida should be translated, Allah responds to the one who praises him. Allah responds. And it's important how we come to that conclusion. One, because the, of the Arabic grammar of the Lamb. And second, because otherwise the meaning would not make sense that Allah hears. Okay? But rather Allah responds to the one who praises him. This is called the, the Dalala of the love and the Dalala of the ma'na or the Dalala of the maqam. Okay? So that's important. And Alhamd, Shaykh Uthameen says, let's remind ourselves that it's, it's Wasf al-Mahmood bil-Kamal ma'al mahabba wa ta'zim. I like this. It's going to become very important later on. Yani one very beneficial st statement I read by Ibn Qayyim that we're going to cover today. He said that Hamd, praise, is to describe the one that you're praising uh, but with with perfection, you're basically praising him with perfection, alongside ta'zim, awe, and love. So you're in awe and with love, and that love is so so very important, as you're going to be as you're going to see in a minute. Okay. Um, question is, uh, uh, someone might ask. Sheikh Uthameen says. How is it possible that you say that Allah responds to the one who praises him when praise is not a dua? It's not asking for anything. Does that make sense? Allah responds to the one who praises him. Praises him. You respond to the person who asks you, surely, right? If I respond to you, I respond to you because you ask me a question. Okay, go on then. So what is the response, Yani? What is the response that we are hoping for then? Yeah. But you are hello is you are. What is hello? Hello is. Wakas Khan. Wakas Khan to get to a whole different level. You've been listening to too many sheets, bro. <laughs> 
What, what is hello? What is it? Is it you know, what, 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 is there is there taqdeer in hello? Is there is it is it not hello? Is anyone there? Isn't it? Isn't it? No. Yeah. So if you're in front, okay. So if the person's in front of you and you say hello, what are you actually saying? Making a connection only. Um, I, I I can't find anything to argue again. <laughs> I don't know what's the what's the I, I I don't know how to respond to that one. That's a good point. But I'm just saying that every every conversation is not a question, is it? Every, every cover, part, yeah. Not every utterance, yeah. Okay. But what I mean is that is that when you are when you are wanting a response from someone, it's normally because you're asking them for something, isn't it? And maybe that's why response isn't. What's the other word? It would be it would be for other than response. El istijaba. What is the other word for istijaba? I forgot. By the way, I've got to say hello, Hiba. I think she's waiting. She was so upset that she couldn't come. I said, I'll give you a wave in the lesson, then you can go see. Uh, I think... No, no, it's, 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 not, it's not an issue of reaction. It's the fact that... I mean, just... Okay, forget the, the, forget the left field nature of the question. The question is, if you're praising Allah, what kind of response are you looking for? But you haven't asked for it yet. You're in the process to go. Yeah, I think that's the answer. Yeah, maybe you not even have to say next step. Sheikh Uthameen says that the answer is that inna man hamid Allah fa inna hu qadda'a rabbahu bilisan al-hal li'anna ladhi yahmad Allah yarju al-thawab Okay, that actually the hamd is just the physical statement that's coming out of your tongue the actual statement the actual state of that person when they're praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is someone who wants reward ultimately you want acknowledgement you want, acknowledgement. You want yani, Allah to hear you you want Allah to love you for saying what you've just said you want Allah to reward you to be happy with you to be to reward you to be happy is responding so actually when you are praising just because the statement itself does not ask a question or want something but yourself wants something you want something and that's why you praise. You want acknowledgement. You want Allah to know that I am your slave, that I do recognize your supremeness above, above all. And I am I'm stating it. Allah responding to that is definitely responding to a state of dua, even though the, the words are not the lisan of the dua. That's a nice point. And Sheikh says that this is the case actually uh, whenever you make hamd or dhikr or takbir, all of this is combined in dua. And that's why we said that dua is a form of dhikr Dua is a form of dhikr, not just yani, the other way around. It's all yani, something which is uh, uh, connected. Now, a final point is, Samiyallahu liman hamida. You have to say exactly, Samiyallahu liman hamida. Right? What if a person says something which actually makes even, uh, might even be more grammatically correct, even possibly? Allahu sami'a liman hamida. Allahu sami'a liman hamida. So swap the two round. Is the meaning changing anyway? Not at all. The exact same meaning. However, 
Uh, this is something which was stated in only one single way by the Prophet ﷺ, and therefore anyone who does not recite it in this way, then he has not fulfilled the obligation of this part, and therefore his prayer is deficient. The prayer is invalid. Okay, the prayer is invalid. This is a dhikrun wajib. Okay. Then the Shaykh says, qiyamihima rabbana Okay, so these two, they, they say, okay, so the Imam and the one who's praying alone, they've already said, and when they both stand up and they're now standing, they're now standing, and standing by definition, of course, should be straight back, limbs all gone back to everything, is all now settled. That's the time where they say, Rabbana Just those two. Okay? We're going to come to the guy who's praying behind the Imam later, the Ma'mum later. So, what have we learned so far? That the Imam and the one praying by themselves, they both say, And then they follow that up with the statement, Rabbana Okay? And not only do they say, Rabbana but according to the author, they say, Okay? And so the question should be asked, why did the author just mention these three sentences? Is it that that's what he means, or is he basically uh, using a summary? Is he indicating a summary? Um, the, the, the truth is, the, the, the truth is, is that we don't know, but that's why we go to the hadith, and from the hadith we actually find out that actually this is a shortened version, that there are full versions. Anyone who has memorized the normal du'a will know that it goes on. And not only does it go on, it is also in different words. So not just mil as but mil as wal Okay? So that which is in the heavens uh, and the earth. And then اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا مؤطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد This is the complete version which is narrated by Imam Muslim and there are a number of variations of this dua and this is an important dua and Shaykh Uthameen is going to now mention a couple of things but first of all he wants to talk about the word ربنا ربنا لك الحمد ربنا لك الحمد and I want you to be very aware of what I'm about to say now has been authentically narrated in four different forms Four different forms. The first one, please. The first one, the one I just said, which is what? Rabbana lakal hamd. Rabbana lakal hamd. The second one. Rabbana walakal hamd. So just an extra well. Okay? The third one. No? Go on then, what is it? <laughs> Correct. The third one is Allahumma Rabbana Lakal Hamd. And the fourth one? Yeah, Allahumma Rabbana Walakal Hamd. So you have four versions. The first one, Rabbana Lakal Hamd. Narrated by Bukhari, hadith number 789. The second version, Rabbana Walakal Hamd. Narrated by Bukhari, hadith 732, and narrated by Muslim as well. That's why Rabbana walakal hamd is the most, yani, uh, you know, often because it's been narrated by Bukhari Muslim, most people know about it as well. The third one, Allahumma Rabbana lakal hamd, narrated by Bukhari, hadith number 796. Allahumma Rabbana 
walakal hamd. Hadith narrative of Bukhari, hadith number 795. So we have four supremely authentic variations on this Rabbana lakal hamd. And question should be then said, what are we going to do with these four? What do you think? We've been speaking about this, right, over the last few weeks. Last week we spoke about Subhana Rabbil Azim and then other varieties. What were the varieties that we covered? You can remember the, the ones that we mentioned? Subbuhun Quddusun Rabbul Malaikat wa Ruh. What else? Subhanallah wa bihamd. Subhana Rabbil Azim wa bihamdi. Yeah, what else? In last week's lesson? <coughs> Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. No? We went through, the, the obviously, yani, not many people got with last lesson, but that's okay. The point is, is that we had a variety of tasbihat for the uh, ruku' position. And this is in addition to Subhan Rabbil Azim, right? Which is there as a default position. Now let's jump to the istiftah. We had Subhanakallahumma bihamdika wa tabarakasmuk wa ta'ala jadduk, yes. And then we had Allahumma ba'id bayna wa bayna khatayaya. And we got inni wajahdu wajhi lillah. And so on and so forth. So we've got different adhkar. And now we've got Rabbana wa lakal hamd, Rabbana wa lakal hamd, Allahumma Rabbana wa lakal hamd, Allahumma Rabbana wa lakal hamd. So we've got four here just to start off with. So we have three different positions. And we have variety in all different positions. What did we say about all of these positions in what our attitude and behavior and options are for what to say? So the initial one, which is istiftah, okay, we said only one. We said that there's no evidence that the Prophet ﷺ would combine between them. That you would only do one and that you would use each new one as a new option. Okay? And according to mood and need and you know each one has a different meaning and there has a more kind of you know dua kind of feel to it so um, so that's 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 yeah, I need the first approach what about the second one for for going into Rukwa good so we said subhan Rabbil Azim we should not leave saying at least once in the Rukwa Yani we should always say it at least once. And the rest of them are actually joined on and added and increased upon. So that all of the others can be chucked in. It is not an either or. The evidences would suggest that it's not an either or like in the beginning. Where it's an either or scenario. Here in the tasbih, it's everything gets chucked in. All of them. Or just one of them. But if you're only going to go with one of them, then it's going to be subhanahu rabbil azim. And if you're only going to go with two then you combine with Subhana Rabbil Azim. And if you want to bust all of them in different numbers, in different orders, as long as you're keeping it in odd yani, increments, then that's yani, something which is allowed as well. So now, we've got the raising. Rabbana lakal hamd. Rabbana wa lakal hamd. What did we say? So what are we going to do? Correct. And the qa'idah, as we said, is... And Sheikh Uthameen, yani he says, for example, all of these are sufficient, but the best is that you say one of these sometimes, another one another time, and according, according to the principle that we mentioned before, which is that, uh, that in acts of worship which have been narrated yani, in, different, in a number of different ways, that uh, you should yani, use each one at a time, 
Yani, and if, as a result, if you do that, you get three benefits. So who's going to remember those three benefits? What will the three benefits be of making sure that you circle, circle, yeah, circle, cycle, sorry, that you cycle through these four options? Sorry? Reviving the sunnah. Reviving the sunnah. Okay. Go on. Keep it fresh. Keeping it fresh. So how, I think that's the same. Right, okay, so that's the third. Yeah, that's the third. It allows a person to be present, spiritually present. Yeah, so that's the third. So the first one, as we said before, is to protect the sunnah, okay, to revive the sunnah. Al Muhafadha ala sunnah. Right, so every little hadith that you see that's authentic, you should always practice it so that it remains alive. It's not something that's just read or taught. As soon as you hear it, as soon as you can possibly practice it, you practice it. Yeah, and that's to protect the sunnah. The second one is is feel feel similar, but it's diff, it's different. And that's called following the sunnah. So once it's been established to follow the sunnah, is an act of reward as well, regardless of whether you're trying to revive it or not revive it. And the third one is probably the most important, probably the most important, and that is that it actually brings your prayer to life, because we all know Pakistani were just yani in automatic. Rabbana alakalhamd, Rabbana alakalhamd, Rabbana alakalhamd, and that position is done automatically. You're just not even thinking whilst you do it. What about if you are about to now get up from Subhan Rabbil Azim and you stop yourself, and before you say Rabbana alakalhamd, you say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to try a new one today. Allahumma Rabbana alakalhamd. You'll actually feel that difference in salah. You'll be alive during that moment. You'll actually maybe even think about what it means. Allahumma Rabbana alakalhamd. I'm going to explain it now, and you will appreciate, Yani, that the difference is going to have a little bit of a little buzz to it. Okay, so that's important. Sheikh now says, let's look at this statement. Rabbana, my Lord, or our Lord, lakalhamd, or walakalhamd. You are our Lord, and to you is all the praise. That's one way. Rabbana walakalhamd. Or our Lord, to you is all praise. Rabbana the well, okay, adds an extra level of appreciation and gratitude and so on. It changes this, it slightly changes the emotion a little bit. That's all. But it only needs to be something a little bit. All right? A pause and an addition. So it's like, Rabbana, my Lord, يعني, our Lord, now that you've said that you listen to me, that you hear me and that you respond to me, we call out to you and we praise you. And we praise you. Or the other way is, Rabbana lakalhamd, our Lord, all praise is due to you. There were a little bit extra. You've got like two kind of almost calls, intrinsic in the same statement. And I love this, what, what Sheikh Uthameen now says here. He says, Alhamd, think about this, okay, I'm going to need some help here. Alhamd is when, as we just said before, the thing that you're praising or the person that you're praising, Al Mahmud, so when you praise the one that you are praising with mahabba, with love and ta'zim, yani, uh, I'm sure we did that in this class. What do we say for ta'zim? Reverence? Reverence. Yeah, reverence. So someone praised their Lord. If they praised their Lord, they praised Him. Declaring his perfection and supremeness with love and with 
reverence. And he feels that in his heart. Ibn al-Qayyim said, and he goes, that is how we actually then learn the difference between al-hamd and al-madh. Now, what's madh? Is it? That's good. I think it could be compliment. No. Actually, uh, okay. Let's let's come up with, let's let's come up with a tra- translation for that now. Okay. فإن المدح in Arabic. Let's see if we can come to English. Madh is wasful mamduh bil kamal, or بالصفات الحميدة لكن لا يلزم منه أن يكون محبوبا معظما يعني it's madh is when you praise or compliment or say something good about another person but not necessarily because you want to or because you feel reverence or because you love that person does that make sense? that's like what happens you know to all these kings right? everyone's praising and talking all this nonsense and rubbish يعني right? And uh, they couldn't care less. Does that make sense? So what would that be called? Butter. <laughs> Butter. That's a way of saying it. Butter. 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 <laughs> that is disrespecting butter. Butter is a very special thing. You know that I don't custom, you know. The reason that I got so upset at my queens, yeah, is that the guy they gave him a little dish that was custom it was made I don't know what it was. Uh, he's in he's in uh, he's in Hanza, Hanza Valley. Hunza whatever. So they give him a plate and on the plate they've given him uh, 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 <laughs> they've given him meat. You know that which dry <coughs> roasted meat, which is horrible, yeah? But anyway, this was someone posted, by the way, because, you know, I said I want to hear something negative that he ever said in his life. Yeah, 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 correct. So, you know, because, you know, my point with Mark Queens is that he flipped and goes, mm, oh, wow, oh, wow, wow. <laughs> Lala's a letdown, yara. No. Anyway. <laughs> Baghdadi. Yeah, yeah, well, like, we did use one of his recommendations, but we didn't know it was recommendations I until after we ate the Shut up, you. We knew that. You kn- I never knew that. Yeah, you, you oh, hold on. I never knew that. I said, let's eat in this place. We ate there. Then he told me the next day, oh, this is the place that Mark Wien said was all right. Excuse me, I've already eaten there. You know what I mean? I'm already happy with it. He never praised on Shu'ala business. He went to Shu'ala. Say, Qasim. I never knew that. You were just eating everywhere. I was eating everywhere. <laughs> anyway, so, what was I saying? The guy praises everything. And I can't stand that behavior, even though there's no doubt about it, as someone said, it's the Sunnah, okay? To not say anything bad. But I don't like people who are too nice like that. I'm just not that kind of guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've never been a. I, 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 I just don't like nice people. I don't know, man. I just don't like nice people. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm just not that guy. You know what I, when I, you know, my, you know, you know what I do? When I want to watch comedy, I watch uh, Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee, 
He's got to be the biggest hater on the history of all haters. Yani, he is miserable and he, yani, he just anger everyone. And I like watching that. <laughs> I, I mean, I can tell you now, I guarantee you will waste every single second of half an hour if you watch Stuart Lee. He is so boring. He is not funny at all. But he just goes and he just gets angry all the way for the whole half an hour. And I'm happy like that. I'm just happy. You know what I mean? It's, it's completely my kind of guy. Just incredibly, very dark. It's, just, it's effectively black. It's not even dark. In fact, there's no light there at all. Okay? And he's just cussing. And Mark Weens is like the exact opposite. <laughs> I've never seen his face except his flipping big Yanni smile. Oh, oh, wow, wow, wow. I don't care what he says. That's obviously he didn't choose that good place because I was saying, someone find me a place. And he ate that meat and he puts it in his mouth and he goes, yeah, that's, 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 that's lamb. Yeah, he goes, that's lamb. He goes, that's lamb. Yeah, and then he goes, I think it could do with more sauce. There was no sauce at all. It was dry on the plate. He goes, it could do with more sauce. Well, that's me so polite. Makes me feel sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, just to show the absurdity of this guy, God love him, yeah. He's, he, they've made uh, 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 this dish which is made out of wheat and butter. Okay. Literally, that's all. It's hot wheat and butter. Okay. And so he goes, so he goes, okay, let me try some of this. This is uh, wheat mixed in butter. And he puts it in his mouth. He goes, oh, oh, wow, I can taste the butter. And then you know what his next statement is? He goes, oh, oh, I can, I can feel the grains of wheat. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I don't need to be told by a guy who's just told me I'm eating grains of wheat in butter. Oh, I can taste the wheat. What the hell was he expecting to taste? And then the customer said the same thing about everything that he eats. He puts a chili in his mouth, a full chili. He goes, oh, the chili. I can feel the chili. <laughs> you know when a person's got nothing real to say and just making up Kanan Fadi, you know? But he's so polite and that just makes me sick. I'm just jealous of the guy. That's all, Yanni. But anyway, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Why are we talking about Mark Wins for? Butter. Yeah, you see, you got me food. <laughs> you mentioned... I told you, yeah. I told no. If I'm on a diet, the class is on a diet. Look behind you. What? I'm, 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 they know that to me. That's an idol. I don't care what reason there is. No. No. I don't care if everyone has a baby on this planet. <laughs> no. Where, where is he? Where is he? Yeah, where is he? Oh, it's a baby, it's a hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hair, you plum. No, I'm baby boy. Oh, shut up! Kasmi, <laughs> <laughs> keep that part quiet, what do you... Yeah, we're cussing Lala over there. <laughs> where is our Mertai? Who's in the hospital? Jaundice means we get no more day. Anyway, forget that. What's happening here, Nakka? 
Yes, yes mashallah. No, no, no. No, you can't be bringing things. Mudassar had a baby girl. Reporting to Mubashir because he's here. We thought that he was delivery guy. Lala, when did this happen? Three weeks ago. Subhanallah. I feel bad now, yeah. But still, no one's like that. Talking. No, 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 no. That's different, yeah. That is different. Yara, give it a sweet sound. I'm not interested. Okay? I'm a rock. I'm a complete rock. Okay? My nickname in Aqsa was, of course, Dome Over the Rock. Okay? Because I'm a rock. I've got a recording to do next week, yeah? Two weeks' time. I've got to lose like five kilos because otherwise, yeah, I need, you know, that recording is never ever going to go away. Do you understand my point? I'm not even touching that Maltesers. You know what? I can't even see Maltesers. All I can see is an idol. All I can see, literally, a what? A what? Nah. Nah, nah. A Malteser as a truffle is a truffle. No, 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 just wait, wait, wait. Did you hear that? No, 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 just wait. Did you hear what he said? A Malteser as a truffle. A Malteser as a truffle. That's a truffle. A Malteser is a Malteser because of the inside. What's a Malteser as a truffle? It's a chocolate with a truffle inside. No. Like I said, even the way that it's made up, that's something which is worshipped. It's a false god beside Allah. Not interested, one little bit. I don't care, baby, not baby, I don't care. I don't care. Right, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, so what would you call it in English then? When you praise someone? So is there a word? You see in Arabic, that's the difference between madh and praise. That's why we don't make madh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when you praise Allah, it's always because you want to, it's because you love to, it's because you have reverence, because you are in awe. But when you do the praise of someone else, which in Arabic is called madh, there is no necessity that you have any of that love, or you're doing it out of fear, you hate the person, etc. Do we have an English word? Paying lip service. No, you've got, to say, you've got to say something and paying lip service whilst doing it. So it's not that. Huh? Flattery. No, flattery can be positive. Courting favor, but that can't doesn't necessarily mean by saying a statement. I wanna. I don't. I, I, my 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 idea is that there is no English word. Sycophancy. Is it? Is it psycho? Is it sicko? I think it's sicko fancy. To Lord. No, Lord is positive. Lord is positive. Sicko fancy, yeah? yeah, yeah. Would well, that smash it, yeah? yeah. Uh, to behave towards someone important in order to gain advantage. Say that again? You unparpaki. She's that. She's that. She's the worst in English ever. What? Obsequious behavior. What did you just say, Shah? 
Yeah, so I don't want to... Correct, you're right. Madh does not have to also be negative. The point is... No, it doesn't have to be untrue. It doesn't... Madh is not a negative word. Let me just make that clear. Hamd is... You know what it is? Correct, yeah. Hamd is always positive. Whereas, whereas Madh can be negative, neutral or positive. Does that make sense? That's more accurate. So Hamd by... De- <laughs> Bootlicking, yeah. No, but so so actually, actually, there is going to be no English uh, empty praise or insincere praise. I think false praise. But that's no, no. But wait, wait, wait. No, no. Sorry, sorry. Your guys are making mud negative, and mud has three states: negative, positive, and neutral. Whereas Praise, hamd, is always positive. So now what you're going to translate madh has. It can't be sycophantic behavior. It can't be sycophancy. Can it? If it's in all three. Because what Widad just did is she made it automatically negative. And madh is not automatically negative. It's all three states. Madh can only be positive because it's done with love and ta'afim. Does that make sense? Yeah, alhamd. Sorry, sorry. Alhamd, Alhamd is always positive and Al-Madh. And as Sheikh Uthameen says, they're made from the three same letters. But just rearranging the letters completely changes the meaning. Yeah? So, that's nice actually. Uh, and that's why Sheikh Uthameen, you, 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 from this you understand the sequence of the Arabic language. It's very important to understand. And also, he goes, uh, some people said that Alhamd... <laughs> Don't say it. Then some people then they defined a hamd by by uh, by calling it a thana bil jamil What is what what is thana? Praise. These are all phrases which are very similar, but they all are deficient. They are all incomparable to hamd. Yeah. Or they're not the same as hamd. Put it that way. Yani in all three words, madh, thana, and praise, the English translation, madh, hamd, madh, thana, the translation is praise. All three of them. But only alhamd is always positive. Okay? Madh can be all three states. Thana is, yeah, glorification is identifying something yani, beautiful and positive. So thana does not necessarily need to be negative, but it's not alhamd. And Sheikh Uthameen mentions an interesting point. He goes, there is a clear difference, and that's why we shouldn't use thana in the place of alhamd. Because of the hadith sahih in Sahih Muslim. The Prophet ﷺ said, quoting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that when my slave says, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Allah says, Hamidani Abdi. Okay, my slave has praised me. And then when my slave says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, then 
Allah then says, Athna alayya abdi. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the first part, He praised me, and then He, what, what? What are we going to say? Athna alayya, glorified me? Yeah, glorified me. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. That's also a nice way of putting it. Good. Uh, no, uh, hold on, sorry. It, uh, hamd does not necessarily have to be pray, uh, uh, kept for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There could be a human version of that in a... Uh, no, maybe you're right. Yeah, there's no doubt that alhamd, all the praise, yani that's taking it to a divine level. But maybe you're even right with just the word hamd. Yani maybe you're actually right that that kind of level of, of, of praise is very, very supreme. And you just use madh and a positive madh. You're right. You're right. I think I like that. That really with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you only really use the word alhamd. Okay? And then finally, let's just finish this lesson with the uh, statement. He says, Mil as samai wa mil al ard wa mil ama min shayin ba'd. Okay? And that basically means yani, that, that what has been taken out alhamd okay a hamd a praise that mil asama that fills the heaven and fills the earth and fills that which is in between this is authentic however also it has been narrated mil asamawati that fills the heavens and the earth now the heavens is narrated in number hadith so we'll take that earth in is using the quranic version in the quran is also only mentioned in the singular you don't see you know, uh, yeah, every time you see a samawat, you still see ard, yani in singular. How many heavens do we have? How many samawat do we have? Seven. How many earths do we have? A samawati wal One, yes. So we have one earth, one world. <laughs> you know what's funny is that you all know that I'm Shirarati Aha, everyone's like going hmm. I'm just asking a really simple straightforward question and everyone's hating on me man how many worlds? seven, correct, yes we have seven, hadith makes it very very clear as well, Quran also indicates it but it never mentions the plural of world, of earth but all worlds don't even bother asking me what it is I never understood it myself Okay, I've been sitting there for donkey's years trying to work out how does earths and use the universes or not. I'm just happy just to just think it's just big. That's all it is. It's <laughs> <laughs> just big. I'm happy with that. So uh, he makes he make he makes a mention. So for, first of all, we should yani memorize this du'a. It's a beautiful du'a. Okay, mil asmaawati wal ard wa mil amashit min shayin baad ahl thanai wal majd ahkumakal abd wa kulna lak abd. Yani, this is very, very nice, and it should be said, and it allows a person to slow down in the prayer as well, get, gather themselves together, and recognize when their hands are at their side as well, and it's a unique position in the prayer. Very, very beautiful that a person, you know, and he takes a few moments just to gather themselves before they go into sajda. Um, Sheikh Uthameen makes a very important uh, statement. He goes, a number of the scholars, a number of the scholars, they said that the meaning of this statement is like how I have translated it in your notes. A praise that fills between the heavens and the earth. Okay? That fills the heavens and the earth. Like as if 
Hamd had been given a body and it's filled it. Does it make sense? And he goes, a number of scholars say that. I think that makes sense, right? If I said, fills the heavens and the earth, what do you understand that? If I say, Rabbana wa lakal hamd, mil as-samawati wa mil al-ard. So, my Lord, and to you is all the praise, that which fills the heavens and the earth, and that which is in between them, and that which is yani, beyond that. What, what do you understand? What, pray, what fills what? What do you understand about that statement? What fills what? Praise fills what? How? Quantity. So numbers. Physical. How do you... How, how, how is numbers associated with the heavens? Quality. So what, what, so what is it then? In size, so you're giving a physical reality. You, we can't comprehend. Why can't we comprehend? No, no, not the enormity. I'm understanding the nature, not the enormity. Uh, uh, there's a very strong argument for that. So that's a statement. Okay, let's just but let's put that on pause for a second. What, what do you think? You are saying. Did you, uh, you did your answer? You say yes or no? You want to make it physical or not? Is there yes, a problem? Yes. yes. And that's what the majority of scholars said. We give it a jism, we make it physical. And is that strange in the sunnah? Not at all. We have so much hadith yani, that mention people doing good and bad and the good coming and being put on scales. How do you put good deeds on a scale? How do you pay charity and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes it in his right hand and it becomes a size of Uhud. How does it do that? How does yani, a reward, how does Sadaqah take such a physical? So it's not strange at all for it to become physical. And that makes sense. That which fills the heavens and the earth, something physical. Yep. So Hamd has been given a physical kind of shape. Go on. But is it metaphorical though? If you say, use words like that, it indicates a great amount, doesn't it? It does it's indicate a great amount. In Surah in the Surah Oh, so you're just saying that, no, actually... It's not necessarily even filling the heavens and the earth, but it's just indicating a large number. So like the end of Surah Kahf, when yep. talk about the words of Allah, yep. the sea basically, the sea indicates a lot of water. Huge amount. So the difference between that and here is that there is like a single reference to the seas, all the pens, all the ink, all the seas. Whereas here, it's that which is in between there's like a very specific kind of description. What is between the heavens? What's between the earth? What's in between them? And what is after that as well? What is beyond that? It almost seems like kind of specific. Anyway, what does Sheikh Uthameen say? He goes, he goes, um, Walakin as-Sahih, the correct position is different to that. He goes that the statement, Mil as-Sama'i, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praised on the tongue or by every single created thing that He has created. And upon, Wa'ala kulli fi'lin yaf'alu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praised for every single thing that He has created, for every action that He has done, 
and it is known that as-samawat wal-ard are also from the khalq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, therefore, فَيَكُونَ الْحَمْدُ حِينَئِذٍ مَا لِأَنْ لِلْسَمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ لِأَنَّ الْمَخْلُوقَاتِ هَمْلَأُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Yani basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that all of the creation is praising Allah. He is to be praised for all of the creation of Allah. And the heavens and the earth are the creation of Allah. And everything in between is the creation of Allah. So it's like everything is in a constant state of praise. I love this statement. Everything is a praise, in a state of praise. They're making praise. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. That's an unbelievable statement. And there is not a single thing in existence that makes tasbih of Allah by praising Him. That doesn't, yeah, there's not a single thing that doesn't make praise. Meaning everything makes praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You just don't understand their praise. You can't understand. You can't understand their tasbih. And so it is clear that when we're talking, it is clearly a focus on huge and magnificent and infinite. But there is a little kind of, you know, there is an indication. There's all of the creation. It's in the creation itself, yeah. Not necessarily the creation praising, but by the creation being what it is. Yes, correct. That's why we said, in a state of praise, and he's praised for just doing that. And he's praised just for doing that. Okay? The last point that Sheikh says, And that which is beyond that. And filling that which is, which you wish for it to be, but beyond that. What does that even mean? What does that mean? And it fills between the heavens and the earth, and even that which you wish beyond that. So what's beyond the heavens and the earth? So either it means, okay, so either it means that, that it means something beyond the heavens and the earth, like Arsh or whatever, that we just don't know, another reality that we don't know, or it means, or it means whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will leave behind after the end of the Sama and Ard. Yani once it, it, once it yani goes in, in Qiyam. Shaykh Uthameen says that the first position is better and more complete and more stronger. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Yani the shi'at yani that you will has sometimes been taken out. It's very important to understand these different riwayats because then you can use them also interchangeably to create yani, a more kind of complete kind of experience if you like. So that's the lesson inshallah. Let's just do some quick questions uh, on uh, line. Come down, Laka, come, come. Right. Uh, okay, you know, that's, that's all the thingy, that's fine. Uh, yalla, yalla, yalla. See that you stacked it. You know why you stacked it there? Because you went and went to the forbidden areas, bro. The forbidden areas, and this forbidden behavior, that I pass it to people who are interested in doing haram things. We said to you, yeah, you know, and you lot become any weak, right?
Absolutely going Hajj, bro. Okay, does the Ma'moom say Takbiratul Intiqal? Which one was that? Going down? Yes, Rafi'ah. When someone is going into Ruku'ah, they will say Allahu Akbar. The Ma'moom will say Allahu Akbar. Raising of the hands is also during the movement. Not before the movement. Correct. Yep, it's during the movement. It's a natural movement. It's not something that happens and is completed beforehand though, but it is. Okay. Um, isn't the word semi'a in past tense? Yes, it is. So should it not be Allah responded and not response? This is good. What do you think? Semi'a is past tense. So Allah responded. Did he respond? Or it, does he respond? He responds. Every Allah does not have a past tense. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمًا Allah was merciful and forgiving or Allah is? Allah is and was and always will be. So the past tense for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always yani, a continuation. Alright? Okay. Alright, carry on, carry on. Response to the one who praises him. Allah responds to the one who praises him. Could it be because Hamd is related to shukr? Yeah, I think it's also important, by the way, um, that shukr, I've always said, is a problem. That's why we never thank Allah by saying, I thank you. I've, I've spoken to you about this before, right? number of times. That you, we never say to Allah, I thank you. Ashkuruk ya Allah. Because shukr is thanks, and thanks is always based, is contingent upon receiving something. So you do something, and you receive something, and you say, oh, thank you. <coughs> And then, you know, if someone doesn't do anything, you don't thank them. Simple as that. Praise, Yani, is, is, is not contingent. Praise is independent, unlimited and, and continuous for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does the response to a praise lie in the fact that praise is a compliment, so the response might be a return compliment? I don't think so, Lutz. I don't think that there is anything required to be resp- to returned. I don't, I don't think. Uh, Solange, uh, the, the actual... Uh, that's why I try to give hadith number as opposed to others because I don't know which one that they are taking from. I don't know the exact uh, uh, publication. They don't, they don't, uh, they don't um, put down the actual publi- published version. Okay, they don't. Is it obligatory to say that before Surah Al-Fatiha? Or could you jump straight to A'udhu Billah Mishnah Rajim? What does that mean? Oh, yeah, we said that it's a sunnah to do that. Questions here, guys? Uh, Who's Bill Burr? That's the problem with it with that. She's got the weirdest hand references, you know. <laughs> She's like super weird, you know, that proper geeked out weird. Canadian. Canadian, yeah. From the text, it says it doesn't have to be, yeah. Madh doesn't, correct. Why does the Mukabbir in the Haram say the second statement not the same as the Imam like all other statements in the prayer? Because that person, yeah? That person is going to take all of my good deeds, that's why. I do not wish I was that guy. I don't, not even in the slightest. I wouldn't worst, I wouldn't want, you know, I wouldn't that guy, I wouldn't want that guy to be the red backside of my worst enemy. Someone has been battered, you know the Chapaliani. Oh, <laughs> anyway, 
in regards to the kuffar doing hamd. Is this by their hamd, by their existence? No. The, yeah, that is the hamd of their being, exactly. By their being. Ra. Lutz went in awful Bernard Paul. You know, Lutz, yeah. Don't miss a chance, bro. Yeah, honestly, man. Anyway, yalla. So when praying alone, is there any part of the skin that can show? It is obligatory to uncover the hands and the face. Okay? And the rest of the body should be covered. Um, and that's in the chapter of Aura. Is rocking in Salah Allah allowed when in a seating position? Lala, control this, okay? <laughs> After tashahud before salams. Is rocking in Salah allowed when in the sitting position? After tashahud before salams. After tashahud before salams. No, no, but after she said. Yeah. Why would you do it after for? Oh, is it part of the rule? Oh, right. So, at and then Allah will say, Everyone. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're telling me about rocking up and down. Your boy went right up to those Yani peoples, bro. With the camera shama like this. They were giving it all this behavior. And I'm like this. At the Western Wall, at the Wailing Wall, you know, they were, they were asleep on there, bro. I'm not even messing about. And there was one guy, Qasim, he was going like this. Qasim, bro. I am telling you, bro. And me and Lala were like, you know what? This is our one chance to be Asli Pakistani. So we started doing our babies. <laughs> it's time for us to be last summer as well. <laughs> bro, they were going for it. Kasme. Bro, you know what? These lot, yeah, they bottled it. Yeah, I went into, you know what? At the end of the Western Wall, there's a cave. The Wailing Wall. The Wailing Wall, yeah. But both, yeah. It's, it's, it is the Western Wall, yeah. But anyway, so. There's a cave, and the cave is for the serious bad boys, Yanni, you know, like the big guys. Yeah? Woof! Went in there, and they were manned them, they were doing some behavior, bro. Isn't you the one that dressed like a <laughs> I went in. You know what it is? They, they make you cover the, the thingy. Dopey. You have to wear a hat. You have to wear a hat. There's a, you know, let me say something. You know, Jews and Pax basically exactly the same. That's basically easy no, way for me to put it. They did it all first. No, no, huh? They did it all first. They did it all first and Pax just copied them like we all know. Bro, I'm telling you, tell me which other place in the entire world have you gone and seen a basket with hats that you've got to pick up and put on? <laughs> That's a pack, it's a pack thing. It's only a pack mosque you see that. And as soon as you come up to the Wailing Wall, there's a bas- blah, basket there and you've got the old kippers, Yanni, and uh, you've got to put them on. And I was like, right, I haven't laughed. So I put my cap on. I go to the geezer. Is my cap going to be okay? He goes, yeah, it's going to be all right. And we had the coach. Coach had a hoodie. He put his hoodie on. We was, oh, and you? And you? Yeah, and these Lafangi, they had basically hoodies. Obviously, they were so bottling it. They were in disguise, innit? Yeah? They didn't have a shut up. What do you mean? I want my cap. 
I wasn't uh, in disguise, was I? Do you have a hoodie on? Do I have a hoodie? Yeah, what else? But I didn't put the hoodie on, did I? Because you had a cap on, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but these boys, they covered it like in hijab, you know what I mean? They put it on like that, and they were like, you know, looking around. Obviously, we stuck out. But your boy, he went in, bro. And they were where the big babas were. And these big babas, they, they had the libraries, they had the Talmud, they had the Torah, and they were smashing it. And there was one guy, he was a sick guy. He was giving it, and he was you know, reciting, 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 reciting. And I thought it was random. And he was reciting out loud-ish. And he's going full. No, no, he's not going full. He's going like this. And there's like five or six people that were behind him, but they were still. They were still. And then suddenly he would say one word, and they would all go, <laughs> they were going a full 90 degrees <laughs> like in unison it was sick boom then they'd go back up and they'd go back slowly slowly the guys behind would wait and then he would say that one word boom they would go in deep was same word same word I can't remember what the word was I was trying to record and trying to be any thingy and be inconspicuous for big day camera and all the rest of it anyway Sorry, let's don't want to say you're a Jew now, but you know. <laughs> That's where I, she said rocking in it. I'm thinking, you know, he's him. This guy's a prayer maker. He started doing all this and that, whatever. He's he a Sharati guy. No, no, I can't even say one thing, and the guy just. Which one? Oh, the guy who dropped the topi. You mean? Oh no, that's a legit guy, Allah. You know, it was a windy day. It was bad weather, man. And obviously, Lala put the topi on and went took it in it, and the guy became desperate, running after it. And you know, every time that he tries to grab it, the wind grabs it more. <laughs> so you've got all this comedy happening and everyone's trying to do serious ibadat, yeah? And then obviously, he didn't caught it, give the old kiss, put it back on. Papa Paki, I'm telling you. <laughs> they all, you know, he didn't kiss his fingers, otherwise it'd be a proper brutal. Anyway, so, anyway, uh, let's put, put simply, we should avoid, um, uh, we should avoid, uh, 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 rocking we should be rocking yeah we should avoid that we should avoid as much as possible okay um, that's 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 in all positions <laughs> you know looks you still got to be given respect yeah she goes is that the same yani before Rukua and in sujood I, I want to know what you're doing in sujood when you're rocking how can you rock in sujood for crying out loud bro <laughs> you sick guy anyway can one change their mind about the surah read after the uh, Fatiha? For instance, I start a surah and then decide pretty much immediately that I want to recite a different one, actually, because I just did that one, or I have a particular order I want to stick to, and so I... Why don't you just be honest and say that you forgot? <laughs> just be honest and say, I forgot the surah, and I'm just switching. That's permissible, yes, it's permissible. And if I have accidentally said the basmala, as if to, as if to start a new surah, but realize I don't need a surah, have I added something extra? No, you haven't. That's a dhikr which is allowed to be said. Um, is there... Uh... <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm sure you're not fitting. Just rocking a bit. Yeah. Well said, Salanj. Yeah. Um, uh, no, there would only be LP, uh, Salanj. Only LP. Uh, but you know, Slanj, uh, uh, speak to Noor, okay, because we are recording. And if you want to attend the sessions, then you are most welcome to do that. It's a private recording, okay, it'll be for five days. Um, come down, Lakar, we've got Rafi's question, come on. She says, if, if there is a need for Mukabbir, what will be the correct way 
if there is a need for the mukabbir, what will be the correct way of repeating the statements? The mukabbir, okay, what he is doing is acting on behalf of the follower. That's why he says, Rabbana wa That's why he doesn't say, Samiyallahu liman hamida. Okay? Just so that you know. Uh, no, sorry, yeah, we should have finished earlier on. Sorry, folks. Okay, what about hands on the chest after ruku'a? It's a valid, it's, a, it's an ishtihad matter. But in my opinion, it's not. We're going to cover that list next week, inshallah. Okay? And if one wants to follow the opinion of not raising the hands in one of the prayers, since it is a valid... <laughs> since it is a valid opinion, does one have to keep it the same all through the prayer? No, they don't. Okay? Basically, what she's saying is that if one of the, the units I don't raise my hands because I want to feel, yani, am I allowed to? You are allowed to. Try, yani, you are allowed to yani, be flexible. You are allowed to be flexible, inshallah. Okay, Haris, questions from last week are not answered unless you ask them again here. So now we're finished, so you're going to have to, you've missed your chance, you're going to have to do it next time. Yalla. Okay, and keep doing that. All right, guys. Oh, class. Sheikh Yahya Ibrahim is here this weekend. This weekend, isn't it? Yeah. This weekend, love notes. <laughs> Come and change your lives. I just want to say, said, yeah, that uh, Usman basically said, okay, Usman said that he is totally ready to change. That's what he said. He's going to this class and he's ready to change. I think, Sid, that you should go along as well and hold him accountable to that. Who's going to do this? <laughs> <coughs> Sid, that's what I'm saying. The takbir for going into Sajda coming back up. Rafia, do you just give up or not? <laughs> Does a Bristol have anyone else? The takbir for going into Sajda and coming back up to the standing is going to be longer than other movements, which has been done all through the movement. So this is fine. But the dislike is the one that is unnatural. The dislike is that I don't even, you know, it's totally, I don't even understand your question, Rafi. I'll try again next week, inshallah. Zakman here, subhanakallah, wa bihamdika, shadu wa la ilaha illa, and wa astaghfirukallahumma, wa atubu alaykum, wa salamu alaykum, wa rahmatullah.